Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 20, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 366 of the Biden-Harris administration, 292 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram, the Bob Seska is my handle. Lots of nerd stuff, lots of weird things, lots of oddities, lots of history over there, so go. Go join me. Selfies, too. And I'm on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. All right, let's bring in the goth ninjas, huh? Yeah. know who they are, but here they are again. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Go sign up over there for the podcast. Also, David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex. His uh, band is Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Go and download everything. Just when you go there and click, just say download everything. <laughs> just say it to your computer. I'm in, a, I'm in a weird fucking mood today. I got to tell you. I'll just preview right now. It's Thursday. It's weird Thursday. I have no idea why. Maybe it's because all the uh, up and down news yesterday, the roller coaster, the endless roller coaster of, uh, of political news yesterday. We're going to get into all of that here in just a second, Goth Ninjas. But first, as I mentioned to you both before we started the show, I got a bit of an exclusive here. Most of the content we talk about comes from other sources, and we just uh, bitch and rant about whatever that is. But occasionally, I'll get an exclusive piece of news here. And what I have in my hands here is an audio file of an Eric Trump phone call that was subpoenaed by the 1-6 committee. This is... <laughs> how did I get my oh, hands... Yeah, I got this through a top... My name's Eric! It's kind of... <laughs> you know what? You're not that far off, David. Here's... Here's that exclusive clip of audio. This is Eric Trump from his phone record subpoenaed by the 1-6 committee. Hi, this is Mickey Moe. Mickey, come over for a party. You called Donald Duck. Okay. It's Donald. Come on over. You guessed it. I'm Goofy. Hi, Goofy. Let's see Eric Trump talking to the uh, Disney characters. National security team, yeah. (laughs) I gotta say, last night Eric was tweeting, like, Letitia James stole his bike. I mean, he was just... (laughs) uh, 
Oh, I love this. Uh, obviously, we have lots of Letitia James stuff to talk about today. She, By the way, she revealed in a court filing that Eric Trump invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination more than 500 times in his deposition. And his attorney is... And I won't talk 500 times. <laughs> and I won't talk 500 more yeah, to be yeah. the man. Anyway. You hear that, Rocky Mountain Mike? <laughs> Those are my lookalikes. My two triplets. Yeah, 500 times he uh, took the Fifth Amendment. Because only mobsters take the Fifth Amendment, says his dad. Yep. Right? Yep. But this memo from Letitia James containing a statement and basically an outline of what the investigation by the uh, New York Attorney General's office entails is just one of my favorites. I've been pumping this thing intravenously into my system for the last uh, 48 hours, and it's it's just wonderful. She says here in this uh, big statement about Trump organization and, you know, all the valuation stuff where they inflated the value of their things for the purposes of getting uh, loans and then deflated their value of their things for the IRS and so on. Well, she's got all, it looks like they've got all kinds of copious evidence. And by the way, not to get ahead of ourselves, but there's another <laughs> attorney general, another district attorney in this case, going after uh, Donald Trump. And uh, there's big news on that front as well. This is in, uh, in your home state, uh, David. So for more than two years, Trump Organization mm. has used delay tactics and litigation in an attempt to thwart legitimate investigation into its financial dealings, said Attorney General James. Thus far in our investigation, we have uncovered significant evidence that suggests Donald J. Trump and the Trump Organization falsely and fraudulently valued multiple assets and misrepresented those values to financial institutions for economic benefit. The Trumps must comply with our lawful subpoenas because no one in this country can pick and choose if and how the law applies to them. Exactly fucking right. We will not be deterred in our efforts to continue this investigation and ensure that no one is above the law. And uh, among other things, Trump's financial statements, one, misstated objective facts like the size of Mr. Trump's Trump Tower penthouse. That was one of my favorite parts of this whole yeah. thing, where he was saying that his apartment was... 30,000 square feet in size, but the actual size of his apartment in Trump Tower is only 10,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. And documents Jesus. confirm that fact uh, were signed by Mr. Trump himself in 2012. <laughs> I love it. This I just, guy. I keep thinking about Eric under deposition, and I think about his poor attorney. And Eric is like probably build this up in his head, and he's gonna have his big dramatic scene. He's like, I got something to say. Yeah. The attorney like <laughs> makes that topping motion at their neck, like, no, no, no he's shut up. His Fifth Amendment privilege. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. Please don't. Do not do that. Yeah. Uh, also, Here's your bag of <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> Trump's financial statements miscategorized assets outside Mr. Trump's or the Trump Organization's control as cash, thereby overstating his liquidity. <laughs> uh, the financial statements misstated the process by which Mr. Trump or his associates reached valuations, including deviations from generally accepted accounting principles in ways that the statements did not disclose. Trump's financial statements failed to use fundamental techniques of valuation. Go figure. It's just, it's like, okay, we're just going to say it's this. There's no rhyme or reason to it. He's just, he's bullshitting. He always bullshits. And he's, and these financial statements all bullshit. Uh, like discounting future revenues and expenses to their present value or choosing as comparables only similar properties in order to impute valuations from public sales data. 
Uh, the financial statements misstated the purported involvement of outside professionals in reaching the valuations and failed to advise that certain valuation amounts were inflated by an undisclosed amount for brand value. And uh, evidence indicates that the Trump organization also submitted fraudulent or misleading valuations to the Internal Revenue Service. Oh. You do not want to do that. <laughs> this is, to me, this is the major, major bombshell in all of this. Because it's one thing, right, with the New York Attorney General and a civil investigation there into the Trump Organization. It's another thing entirely that the Trump Organization and Donald Trump shave the corners off of the truth to the IRS, and uh, as I keep repeating the little ditty that my parents used to say uh, with regards to the IRS, because they both worked for the IRS. In fact, they met at, while working at the IRS. They used to say, don't mess with the IRS. You don't mess with the IRS because they can fuck you up. I mean, <laughs> I said it on Stephanie's show yesterday that uh, we were all panicked about the NSA back in 2013. Like, oh, my God, they've got my metadata. What am I going to do? Well, I assure you, the NSA's got nothing on what the IRS can do to fuck you up if they want to, including seizing your assets, freezing your bank accounts, et cetera, et cetera, on down the line. Anyone who's received a letter, just a letter from the IRS, you know the, that falling, sinking, shitting yourself feeling when you open up that letter and see the all caps in bold and, you know, highlighted parts. And I just hope I live long enough to see, like, Trump's assets being sold out to, yes. you know, for pennies on the dollar. Out of a garage. Sign. Yeah, yeah. All that out of a garage somewhere in Mar-a-Lago, you know, just like the garage is open and he's wearing overalls. All of that tasteless yes. nouveau riche gold-plated bullshit. Yes. All yeah. just laid out on the sidewalk outside Trump Tower <laughs> with his clothes and garbage bags. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see what else here. So uh, Letitia James plowing forward, making Donald Trump's life hell at the very least, and that's always my favorite part. I mean, prior to any sort of uh, decisions being handed down legally uh, in a court of law or by a jury, this is what makes my socks go up and down, this kind of shit. It's the sense that his life is being made miserable and nothing that he says, nothing that he does will be able to wiggle out of this. He is utterly screwed with his pants on and that is a fact. Plus, plus the other big news that we got over the last, in fact, this happened today. So it's two days in a row in which we got some amazing information about investigations into Donald Trump. DA Fannie Wallace in Fulton County, Georgia, means some fucking business. She is now asking a, a judge to impanel a grand jury to investigate Donald Trump's election interference in a Thursday letter to Christopher S. Brasher, the chief judge of Fulton County Superior Court. Willis said the move was needed because a significant number of witnesses and prospective witnesses have refused to cooperate with the investigation absent a subpoena requiring their testimony. She cited comments uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger made during the October uh, 2021 interview with NBC's Chuck Todd in which he said, if she wants to interview me, there's a process for that. So-called special purpose grand juries are rarely used in Georgia, but could be a valuable tool for Willis as she takes the extraordinary step of investigating the conduct of a president 
while he was in office. And that's the sort of thing, by the way, I said Wallace initially, I meant Willis. Um, this is the thing that is, is taking these investigations so long. This is why we're now a year plus past the insurrection and we haven't had any indictments handed down against Donald Trump or anyone in that specific inner circle, the, the planners, yes. the plotters, the architects of the big lie and trying to overturn the election. But the reason for that is because this has never happened before. There's never been, uh, whether it's a state-level investigation, certainly not a federal Department of Justice investigation, into a sitting president. This has never occurred before. So I'm willing to give Department of Justice, provided they are working on this, I'm willing to give them a little bit of time to make sure the case is rock-fucking-solid. I mean, they wanted to take an extra eight months. Yeah, his thing, I mean, that's well, Trump's whole thing, is delay, 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 delay. Yeah, yeah. And... Like, you know, the, I was really impressed that the Supreme Court ruled as quickly as they did, nine to one, eight on to whether one. or not his documents, eight to one, sorry, you're right. Yeah, that's another big um, deal. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Clarence Thomas should be recused from he anything should. to do with January 6th because his fucking wife was one of the organizers. Yeah. Well, the problem with the Supreme Court is it's up to each individual justice. They don't follow the federal rules mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah. uh there is no oversight in fact john roberts apparently wrote uh his like end of the year commenting on the supreme court and basically said no there's no need for oversight in the supreme yeah, court yeah. we're good it's well, like no 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 no. there is and, and in fact article one states that congress can regulate the fucking supreme court and i think it should well this is kind of why it took eight months to get the oath keeper guys Mm -hmm. to indict them for a seditious conspiracy. Because I think Merrick Garland's thing, and whether this is right or wrong is for you to decide. I don't know. I'm just saying what, what his process is. Mueller, she wrote, reported that um, the reason he wanted an extra eight months is he wanted to make sure the case was more solid. It apparently wasn't as solid as it should have been when it was first presented to him. So that's why he delayed. He said, go back, get better evidence, okay, and then bring that. this back to me. Um, Jill Weinbank said on her podcast last weekend that once one of the plumbers flipped yeah. during Watergate, it took a year for indictments. I see. Right. So we're mm -hmm. looking at less than a year, mm -hmm. basically, because Garland well, only got got seated in April of last year. So it took him less than a year to did. Did I just hear a stunt fall? Um, <laughs> David just fell down. Yeah. Yeah. Are you OK? It was a rim shot. Actually. It, it was. was. It was a misfire it was. rim shot. It yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but it took a year for Watergate. One witness, by the way. Mm -hmm. So it's on track. And she feels very confident now. Veruca, uh, Jill Veruca Salt Winebanks. Um, <laughs> she feels better that he actually did start charged with seditious conspiracy. I mean, that's a huge, difficult charge to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do. Right. So. It's just a very delicate situation that could go unimaginably haywire if it was uh, in the wrong hands. These fucking assholes did this shit on social media. They Facebook lived themselves storming the Catholic. Oh, the, yeah. The Capitol. We yeah. have, you know, there's so much evidence. I mean, if I were king, they would already all be in prison for treason and never seeing the light of day for the rest <laughs> of their fucking lives. Well, and don't forget they called Lost and Found to find their fucking stuff that they left behind. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know that Donald Trump ordered that crowd to go down and fight like hell at the Capitol. I mean, this is all obviously on video. We've seen it. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it takes more than that, right, to convict. I think it, it requires more 
for a grand jury to indict based on, you know, the fact that it is a president and we're talking about a pretty serious crime here. And they want to have more than just, well, look, see, he said it. Case closed. Uh, I think they need more than that. And I wish they didn't. You know, I'm not necessarily with you, David, about being a, a king and just locking them up randomly. But I wish it was the case that we could just say, well, it's obvious, isn't it? Isn't it obvious that this is what he wanted? Isn't it obvious that because he couldn't convince Mike Pence the day before that he figured, hey, well, now we'll use physical intimidation to get Mike Pence to do what we want him to do. And that's all very clear to us. And I so desperately sympathize with the impatience with the process. And the last, well, certainly not everything that happened yesterday was good news. What happened in the Senate yesterday adds an extra layer of urgency overall to the goal of preserving democracy in this country. And that makes it even more harrowing to have to consider. But if you're going to do this, if you're going to go down this road, you got to make sure it sticks to the wall because you know what's going to happen is the Republicans, when given the chance, will retaliate. They will come back and they will try to investigate and indict whoever the next or maybe Joe Biden. They may once they get into power, if they get into power, they may try to indict Joe Biden just because fuck you, Democrats. You did it to us, so we're going to do it to you. We've seen the Republicans do that time and time again. And what we need to be able to say, at least in a legal jurisprudence sense, that we had our shit together. There's a very clearly defined case here with myriad uh, chunks of evidence that can be derived from it and to prove that uh, what we're saying about Donald Trump and this, this plot is true. Because you know what the Republicans are going to do? They're just going to be like, Fuck you. He's guilty. We're indicting. And that's how it's going to go. There's not going to be any evidence. So at least in the court of public opinion, the process of indicting Donald Trump will be far more on the level than anything the Republicans do. And maybe that's not enough. I don't know. But we do know for a fact that they will do this. It's like with the filibuster. You know for a fact now that Mitch McConnell will 1000% without a doubt... The day he ends up as majority leader in the Senate once again, and I hope that day never comes, but it may actually happen, given the state of things, at least on the ground right now. He could die. Well, that's true, too, but whoever takes his place is absolutely going to, you know, muster the 51 votes they need on the Republican side to roll back the legislative filibuster. But that's only when they're in power, and especially if they also get a Republican president, because rolling back the filibuster with a Democratic president who will just veto whatever they try to pass right. with 51 votes, that's going to be irrelevant. So the Mitch McConnell, Republicans take back Congress, say, for example, and again, fingers crossed this doesn't happen next year. And then uh, two years after that, freakish Republican Trump mutant clone X becomes president, maybe Trump, maybe DeSantis, maybe someone else. That kind of trifecta again? Oh my God! Can you imagine God help what us. they will try to thrust it's time through? To <laughs> yeah, this is why Mansion and Cinema have done so much damage to this country. Apart from the damage done to voting rights, which they are now complicit in, mm-hmm. they don't know how to see two moves down the line. They don't realize. Speaking of things that I would do if I were king, I yeah. mean, they would have been executed for crimes against fashion like months ago. If I were <laughs> crimes king. against fashion. Like just 
Did you see that red polyester tracksuit thing? I mean, yes. Joe Manchin totally thinks he's like a football coach at a boys' school. <laughs> Jody, wasn't that like the tracksuit mafia in Hawkeye? Yes. Hawkeye comics. Oh my God! It's these Russian gangsters in the Hawkeye TV series on Disney Plus, the Marvel Universe, and they all wear red tracksuits and they all yes, call each other do. bro. And so, what went down yesterday? For those of you who don't know, uh, they tried to roll back the filibuster, and then they they couldn't do it, and then of course the uh, the voting rights bill failed. God damn it. So, because God Mansion and Cinema, because well, there were all the Republicans. Yeah. I mean, we may, need to make sure that we're clear about yes. that. It was all the Republicans voting against this shit. One hundred percent. Yeah, and Mansion and but Cinema. This whole supermajority bullshit is yeah. just going to hamstring us, and like the Republicans don't observe it. They just violate. You know, they just are like we're the only ones that still you know obey yeah. the sixty point rule. When I'm by we meaning Democrats, but mm-hmm. I just ugh. yeah. Well, look, like I mean, adding I, things to my bucket list, and one of them is to like set Joe Manchin's polyester tracksuit on fire, <laughs> whether he's in it or not. Well, the I, other one is to throw a drink in Kristen Cinema's face. Yeah. Well, I I keep hoping at least that. You know, Democrats will turn out enough numbers to overcome the voter suppression and maybe retain the House at least. I mean, the Senate is 50 50 right now. So it's like, mm-hmm. good God, it could swing either way. However, the map is still in favor of the Democrats. Republicans have to defend more seats uh, this year than the Democrats do. So that's at least a teeny tiny bit of sunshine. The uh, gerrymandering seems to have canceled each other out in a sense. So there's that too, but there's all of this big lie bullshit that has to be overcome. And if the Democrats can overcome that, hopefully there'll be enough, you know, victories on the Senate side that we're not going to need to deal with mansion and cinema, and we can accomplish all of this shit anyway. But we have to get through the midterms and the way things look right now, at least. And, you know, we're still, what, 10 months prior to the midterms, um, and anything could change. But right now, if the election were held tomorrow, we'd be kind of fucked. And it's not necessarily the fault of the Democrats. But I just every want to be clear single that. president goes through a little dip. Right here at their yeah, first year yeah. mark. Reagan had the same Reagan, exact poll Clinton. numbers today mm-hmm. that, yeah. that Biden on this point in his his first year in office, oh, yeah. January 20th, 1982. Mm-hmm. He definitely had the same fucking poll numbers. So fuck all of these fuckity fuck fucks. And <laughs> this was a different time in 1982 than it is in 2022 when this country is so fucked and we've got Fox News and all that shit. Biden, if it were the Reagan time period with the media at that time, he'd be in the 60s. Well, yeah, there's this whole, uh, it it's all seems so unfair, doesn't it? I mean, it seems kind of facile to say, oh, it's so unfair. But it is unfair. There's a level of injustice it's about- It's grossly unfair. Yeah, yes. yeah. And what's happening- there's, and a w- whole, there's a whole problem with our media, with mm-hmm. their whole, just their fucking like knee-jerk, freakish need to- yeah. Both sides, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to go be, well, the Democrats are just as bad. And it's like, no, we're not actually trying to dismantle democracy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. speaking of hemorrhoids, did you see the Dan <laughs> Crenshaw thing? Speaking of hemorrhoids, um, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> where he went up against the 10-year-old girl and lost. <laughs> no, um, what happened? All I saw yesterday was a Dan Crenshaw photo of him wearing a black licorice cowboy hat along with Ben Shapiro wearing the same hat. That was all I saw, Dan. What, what, no, was this, what is this story? No, Dan Crenshaw was like doing a Q&A and he had uh, made some remarks about like, 
I think he may have just read some Joseph Campbell or something, and he talked about hero archetypes, and he mentioned, like, Jesus Christ, Superman, and somebody else I can't think of. Right oh, yeah, now. and then he yelled at the 10-year-old. Uh, yeah. And the 10-year-old is like, so do you think Jesus Christ is a mythical character like Superman? And instead of just saying, no, no, let me clarify, he totally was like, don't question my faith! Don't question my faith. Yep. And they just totally like bowed up at this 10 year old yep. girl. Oh my and the God. The whole audience started to boo and hiss at him because he's like totally just like, he went full Joe Walsh. Remember when yeah. Joe Walsh started like screaming at constituents? Yes, yeah. I remember. I have that tape. Like, I, in fact, I do. I have that tape. He was in a bar and he was screaming. <laughs> he's just losing his spadoinkle all over this guy in a bar and someone had a camera phone to shoot it. But yeah, it sounds exactly the same. Like Dan Crenshaw really needed to make his fucking point. He really needed to beat that, you know, 10 year old girl in a debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be so fair, desperate. the question was a fucking setup. Yeah, you know, well. it was a kind of like, when did you stop beating your wife situation? Like, and, the, you know, they use the kid as like uh, a, like a convenient, for, but still, he did not handle it well. Oh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he could not have handled it worse right. than to just start barking like a triggered, you know, St. Bernard at a, you know, beam of light on the floor mm-hmm. like at a 10-year-old. Yep. I mean, that's where we are, David. We're in the American nervous breakdown right now where people just indiscriminately lose their shit. You know, uh, Karens we see all over the place, obviously, and and, uh, people on airplanes. And I mean, there were more stories uh, yesterday about emergency landings for airplanes Mm. because some dickhead caused a big ruckus about wearing a mask. You're at the end of a day of traveling. You're tired. You're dehydrated. You're yeah. hungry for something besides airport food. You just want to get home. Mm-hmm. And some dickhead yeah. means you have to get rerouted to Denver because he won't put on a fucking mask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I can't get past when it comes to anti-vaxxers, mask shirkers. I'm talking about the gratuitous ones. The ones who just refuse to do it and who are militant about it. And they end up in hospitals with COVID. And I've written about this. We talked about this on Tuesday, so it doesn't bear a lot of uh, relitigation here. But what they're doing is they're not just endangering themselves. They're not just overworking frontline uh, medical workers. What they're doing is they're preventing non-COVID patients from getting the life-saving treatment that they need. And that's kind of one of the big unspoken death tolls of this COVID pandemic is that all of these people who need, you know, there was a, I read a story about a U.S. Army soldier who had uh, gallstone pancreatitis and went into the emergency room because of severe stomach pain couldn't get treated because the ER and the hospital was loaded with COVID patients. And because he couldn't get treated, they tried to transfer him to another hospital. And by the time he got to the next hospital, within 24 hours, that U.S. Army soldier with fucking gallstone pancreatitis, easily curable, was dead. Because of fucking irresponsible dickheads who refuse to get vaccinated and then end up you know, uh, experiencing the comeuppance for their irresponsibility. It is infuriating. Every day that goes by, I get a new note from someone saying, yeah, I needed needed a lumpectomy and I couldn't get it because it's been delayed and now it's going to advance. And oh my God, there's the horror stories from these people. So it's all just, we're in this uh, endless cycle, this endless orbit of narcissism and rage and grievances. And uh, 
I, I have I have no idea. I have no idea if that if that gets ever resolved. I, I don't know. I don't know what needs to happen to fix all of that. We talk about some sort of catastrophe. Well, we're just we're coming up on a full two years now of a pandemic, and it only made it worse. Didn't yeah. unite people. Didn't bring Americans together. You know, there is no real solid solution. So, we have another Mitch McConnell story. By the way, oh. he let his. <laughs> Let his racism fly. Fuck another yeah, he did. Rolled it, rolled it all. <laughs> yeah, he did. That yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. So really? we're gonna we're gonna talk about Mitch McConnell here in uh, in just one second. We're gonna get into all that. He just he blurted something where you know he said the he said the inside part outside. Exactly right. The <laughs> the quiet part out loud. All right. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there's something nagging at you and you don't know what, if there's something keeping you from getting out of bed in the morning. I've got a solution for you. It's called BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely on the internet. Telehealth. BetterHelp is going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist in just 48 hours, maybe under 48 hours. You can log into your account anytime you want, send a message to your therapist, and get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to risk COVID in a crowded waiting room. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available too. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Seska. That's Better help.com slash CESCA and join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And here, your special offer for Bob Seska Show listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Seska. That's betterhelp.com slash Seska. Thank you. Bob Seska. Yeah, this is a recording artist, Calix, C-A-L-L-E-X, brand new single called Overrated, from Australia. That just completely Mm. blows me away. When I get submissions coming in from uh, other nations, other parts of the globe, like, what are we doing here? This is, this is amazing. This is just a little Australia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know anybody in Australia even knew that we existed. (laughs) I know. I mean, I get stuff from you know that's Ukraine. Amazing. Yeah, I know. It just blows me away. This is a uh, Calix. That also- has got to be a five-string bass that that guy is playing. By sounds the way. like yeah. whoever, or girl, whoever is playing that bass. It sounds like a five-string bass. So deep. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in fact, Calix performs with uh, Select Few. He's a singer with uh, Select. We've played some of Select Few's work here on the show. Uh, Aussie hip hop. <laughs> we refer to it as Aussie hip hop. Select Few, and that's uh, one of their collaborators, Calix, and over. Rated calix.bandcamp.com. Link in the description to support Calix. All right, uh, getting back into things here. Oh, yeah, I've got another jingle. Now, more crap. 
All right, now more crap. <laughs> All right, so mm -hmm. uh, yes, indeed. Mitch McConnell let fly with his racism. Uh, I believe this was last night. <laughs> he was asked a question about uh, voting rights, and he said, well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. Yeah, there you go. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking Mitch McConnell. To be fair, he is a very old man, and it was probably after 7 p.m., and, the, you know, he's had his early bird special dinner and read the evening paper, and now he wants to go to bed. He's got later. sundowners. Yeah, um, or he was yeah. too preoccupied with someone's Crocs in the press corps. So, yeah. <laughs> Someone was wearing Crocs and the Bob like, Louis. Oh, let's look at that. Oh, look at that. It's gorgeous. Love those Crocs. It's oh, yeah. a very ah, nice right. pair of Crocs you're wearing. <laughs> I, I, I'm finding myself some sort of st stimulated, you know. Um, I, let me say I, this. I, 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 I may need to go to the <laughs> be real here. Yeah. Um, let me say this though about Mitch McConnell. I don't think this was a gaffe. I don't. Mitch McConnell doesn't say anything that he hasn't thought about ahead of time. Everything Mitch McConnell says is well strategized, well constructed, rehearsed, planned, and uh, uh, probably not focus group tested. But you know what I'm getting at. Right. I, he doesn't randomly blurt shit. This was deliberate, and why it was deliberate is because. This is his people. This is his bread and butter that he's talking about. He's talking mm -hmm. directly to the racist voters in order to win back the Senate next year. Because they don't win. The Republicans don't win back Congress next year without the racist vote. This is why Donald Trump said, uh, you know, both sides are equal or whatever. He said Bo both sides are good people on both sides or wherever the fuck that was in Charlottesville. Because he knows, he knows he can't piss off the racists. He needs that vote. He needs that vote in order to win. And so that's why he says, yep, uh, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. <laughs> or like when Trump was talking about QAnon, remember, he was just like, I don't really know any. They, they seem to like me. Stand right. back and like, stand by. Yep. <laughs> that's right. Stand down and stand back or whatever. whatever yes, yes. And you know what? Shit like this, you think, okay, well, it's just a gaffe and it'll be a one-day story. But you know what? No. This speaks to the entire Republican strategy right now. Mm -hmm. This speaks to the entire uh, voter suppression strategy as well. And you know, there was a, an ongoing story that took place back in the fall. And you saw countless articles about this, countless op-eds in the mainstream press about why, oh, why hasn't Joe Biden done a press conference recently? Yeah. All over the place. Republicans forged in at least seven states fake electoral votes, fake yep. electors, and tried to submit them as official electors. Mitch McConnell just said that African Americans aren't like actual Americans. And I'm sure this shit gets, uh, you know, a couple of pieces here or there, but then gets uh, flushed down the memory hole. And this is, this is why the midterms, it's, it's shit like this, it's disparity like this, it's false equivalences like this, is why we're in such a shithole when it comes to the midterms right now. It exactly goes to what you were saying before, David, about the press. And it's, uh, it's utterly infuriating. Yeah, and just this fucking compulsion yeah. they have to mm -hmm. let the stupidest people in the room have equal airtime. Yeah, yeah. And I just, 
But, you know, speaking of tertiary syphilis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hate Chuck the Chuck Grassley yeah. just is – he t- of all the people that just completely get under my skin and just make me murderous. Chuck mm. Grassley is like – I mean, I know the donkey is supposed to be the democratic symbol. But that guy is like the incarnation of an actual jackass. Like, I mean, he's just got that – kind of voice and he's just this old scarecrow that should have been put out to the glue factory like yeah a decade ago and he's just it, i was mm-hmm. watching him hem and haw when he was debating on the senate floor and he's like clearly thinking he's just like this is my thing i'm a mm-hmm. parliamentarian mm-hmm. i'm debating and it's just like the most abstruse garbage was coming out of his mouth and i'm just like this has absolutely nothing to do with people voting yeah. everything you do with just wasting time oh yeah but yeah I just that particular guy like i mean i just would like to gently tap him on the head with a hatchet um, yeah, lovingly caress him with a chainsaw. Well, just uh, remember, David, that he is 182 oh, years old. Oh, that will die before me. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is a, an actual recording of uh, Chuck Grassley. A whole lot of lumps. Yeah, that's what he sounds like. He really does. <laughs> so he's 182 years old, and he sounds like Pete Puma. A whole lot of lumps. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we mentioned earlier that uh, the Supreme Court stuck it to Donald Trump 8-1 to one, uh, with uh, Clarence uh. Thomas dissenting. U.S. Supreme Court will not block the National Archives from releasing Trump Good. White House documents to the January 6th committee. Also, fantastic fucking news. Again, another reason why... Basically, Virginia Thomas told her husband that if he didn't, she would flush his Viagra. <laughs> like, you, you vote yes on that, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they even got... It's amazing they got Kavanaugh. They got they got Sam Alito yeah. to vote against Trump. And by the way, you know what? The Republicans are already going after Brett Kavanaugh. They're saying, I think uh, someone, it was either OAN Didn't Tucker or Tucker Carlson was, call him a lib? Yes, it was Tucker Carlson who called him a liberal. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh, a liberal. Tucker Carlson, by the way, who's taking his show to Hungary next week, once again. I'm not sure if he's doing his show from Hungary or if there's going to be some sort of correspondent in Hungary reporting on Tucker Carlson's show. I don't know which one it is, but once again, they're wrapping their arms and legs around a fascist you know, pant leg and just humping away. Mm-hmm. Because they're telling us exactly what they are and what they intend to do with this country. This is not some great mystery. And I don't know why it's being treated like this. And by the way, with regard to the press, the first people who will get arrested under an authoritarian government in the United States will be the press. Will be members of the press. Anyone who mentioned Trump Russia, especially. Anyone who mentioned quid pro quo with Ukraine. Anyone who at all looked at Donald Trump sideways, will be thrown in prison as dissidents, as traitors against the United States. It won't be podcasters or, you know, bloggers or people on Twitter. It'll be the press. And yeah. they know where God, the press is. Please let it be Chuck Todd. <laughs> um. <laughs> we don't want it to be anybody, but, you know... For God's sake. I got to say, the backlash for Kavanaugh is particularly rich to me. It just, it reminds yeah. me of when Paris Hilton had got sentenced to jail. 
Do you remember that mm-hmm. for yeah. DUI or whatever? And her parents were in the courtroom when it happened, and her mother was like, "After all the money we spent, <laughs> you know, like, um, and that's just how, like, that's what Tucker Carlson is. Just like we paid off his mortgage and his gambling debts, you right, know, and right. this is what we get." <laughs> Um, well, here's another preview in terms of uh, what the Republicans plan to do if they're uh, if they manage to retake Congress, for example. This is according to uh, The Guardian. Republicans in Congress have openly floated the prospect in recent days of launching political investigations into Biden administration's coronavirus response, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the personal life of Biden's son, Hunter, as well as an impeachment inquiry. In response, some members and investigators on the select committee have quietly raised the possibility that if the panel declines to subpoena Republicans now, then a Republican majority might not subpoena Democrats in the future, the sources said. So if you're wondering... Oh, for fuck's sake. So there are some members of the 1-6 committee who are saying, all right, slow down because they're going to do the same to us. Well, how about p- approaching this fucking thing with a, a mind toward... being in jail by then? Yeah, with a, yeah. With a mind toward <laughs> winning, uh, with an idea that, okay, you know what, we are going to win and we are going to continue with this committee, so plow forward. Let, you know, let justice be done, though the heavens fall, is the phrase, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's what they need mm-hmm. to do. Anyone who is soft peddling subpoenas on the one six committee because they're worried about, you know, as it says here, a Republican majority, uh, you know, subpoenaing Democrats in the future. And we, of course, we know this. I've been saying for a while, and partly tongue in cheek. But the more time goes on, I'm like, okay, well, this is really going to happen. They're going to form the committee to investigate the one six committee. Mm-hmm. That's all going to be part of this. But yeah, we can expect Hunter Biden, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, coronavirus response. They're going to have the balls to evaluate and investigate Joe Biden's response to the pandemic. That is fucking hilarious because they are deliberately sabotaging this country. They're sabotaging the world right now. They're sabotaging innocent people. They're indirectly killing thousands of innocent people. And that happens just about every two weeks. Every time the hospitals fill up, then people die. Research published by the CDC shows that when hospitals surpass 75% capacity, we can expect 12,000 excess deaths within two weeks. That can mean additional COVID patients as well as non-COVID patients. When hospitals exceed 100% capacity, the death toll rises to 80,000 excess deaths in the subsequent two weeks. Right now, we are at 79% capacity nationwide in terms of uh, inpatient beds in hospitals. Well, coming down. Our our trajectory is on its way down, finally. Yeah. Um, But I looked yesterday or the day before Cedars-Sinai. Uh-huh. 100% of the ICU beds are taken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's just one hospital in one large city. Unfucking believable. Yeah. And, and and I have to like jump back and forth between like red Georgia and blue Georgia between jobs. Because like <laughs> one job is in Athens where yeah. everybody wears a mask. I mean, even at the grocery store where for a minute there it started to get real like mm-hmm. loose with mask compliance. But Omicron, you know, has got people back in masks again. And yep. but, like at the other job, it's just willy nilly. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Makes me want to drink poison. There's you know? a, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, uh, the other day I got into a Twitter debate with uh, Tom Nichols, who, you know, generally speaking, I consider him to be like a Twitter friend. I mean, I, I mean I've never met him, so I, I can't say, well, he's a friend friend. But he's kind of like a Twitter friend. 
we've agreed on a couple of things here and there, but we got into a heated debate the other day about Tom and this idea that he's pursuing at this point where he's saying what the Democrats need to do in order to win the midterms is to say that the pandemic is over and that we're reopening the country. Uh, lift all of the mandates. Well, all that the would be great if the fucking pandemic was over, but it's not. <laughs> exactly fucking right. Exactly right. Can you imagine the disaster if we decided, fuck everything, we're no longer adhering to any protocols, no more mandates, COVID is over. The level of death and disease in this country would be off the fucking charts. I don't think we realize I think it's it's so complicated right now. People trying to follow what it means to be in a pandemic, the intricacies of it. I don't think people realize that if we just let go and don't do anything, the variants are only going to get worse. They're only going to get more deadly. I mean, can you imagine? Delta Cron. Yeah. Can you imagine if it like, yeah, something like Delta Cron, which turned out to be a lab mistake. But let's say, for example, Delta Cron happens. And Joe Biden has stood in front of the country saying, pandemic's over people would be just as outraged as i was when i heard bill maher say the pandemic was over like a week before the omicron surge started yeah it's like what the fuck are you talking are you that nearsighted are you that incapable of seeing at least conceptualizing how badly something like this can go given the all the different parameters given the nuances of how a pandemic operates Given what we've it's already just like seen, Iraq, yeah, yeah, you know, they like the people who planned Iraq mm-hmm. only planned for the best case scenario because yeah. that's what they thought would happen. And you know, when it went wrong, they had no other plan. Mm-hmm. People like it's or you know the freaking don't look up technology that they were going to break up the comet with so they could mine it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. untested and not peer reviewed, so it blew yeah. apart. Yeah, like it just like. Right. Well, here's a, it's, the science doesn't lie. And it's no. like people want to feel like they can shake the eight ball yeah. if they don't get the answer they like yeah. from science and that'll come up a different way. Yeah. And it's like, no, guys, it means the same thing every time. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm hearing a lot of this. People are done with COVID. And then I go, yeah, how do you be no done? Shit. COVID isn't it's done with people. It's not done with us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. And then the follow up is always, well, then people are done with the COVID rules. People with mild COVID-19 who do not suffer any other traditional long COVID symptoms can still exhibit deteriorated attention and memory six to nine months after infection. A study by Britain's Oxford University. Oh, that liberal biased organization. Uh, Cognitive issues impacting concentration levels along with forgetfulness and fatigue are features of long COVID, a condition that affects some after an initial bout of infection. But it, it has not been uh, established how widespread issues with attention span might be following COVID-19 infection. Well, now they're saying, yeah, you don't even need to have long COVID. And you can end up with these, uh, uh, what does it say here? Deteriorated attention and memory after nine months. I don't know. Months. What were you saying? I forgot. What were you saying? <laughs> I get it. I get it. <clears throat> hey, I've still escaped COVID. I have escaped COVID. Not only did David yeah, Schock get it, but yeah. so did so did Sean Barton. He yeah. got it. Oh right, um, right. Yeah, he he was funny. He posted on Twitter his um, Binax test, and he goes, yeah. "Good news, I'm not pregnant." <laughs> well, meantime, Texas Attorney General <laughs> Ken Paxton is pregnant. Wait, wait. I just want he's to remark pregnant. on the fact no, that not, he's not pregnant. That he's got the COVID. three of us have not. None of the three of us have gotten it so far. Nope. Like, and I've been we exposed. Are the winning team. So, yeah. yeah, I've been exposed um, once it, for sure. And, so. 
In the zombie apocalypse, bet on Bob and the Goth Ninjas. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, as you were saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I could have gotten it at some point and just been asymptomatic. I don't know. I wouldn't know because I don't have a sense of smell to begin with. So if I lost my sense of smell, I'd be like, well, I feel normal. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I, I don't know. I hate to, No, the thing is, though, like, it, you don't lose your sense of smell. It's just that a whole range of your palate gets interfered with. Mm-hmm. It tastes like blood and metal. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had a flu that was really bad when I was 10. And for, like, months, mm-hmm. not months, weeks, yeah. like a, a month and a half or so afterwards, I could still taste that taste in yeah. certain things. Like, particularly things that are garlicky or, or oniony or aromatic. It would just be, like, blood and metal in your mouth. It was weird. Oh, God, that's horrible. Jesus. Well, we're going to... So it's not a loss of the sense of smell. It's the adding of this awful taste to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, Stephanie, uh, Chris, and Travis all had COVID, and they all So did Jess. The, oh, J- so Jess did Sean's girlfriend, but Sean never got it. You got to think several hops down the line. You can't just be thinking in terms of your own personal safety. You have to consider the community. And I'll yep. keep repeating that until we're out of this fucking thing. Because I yep. think so many of us, even some of us who are doing the right thing, aren't necessarily thinking in a in a global sense. Uh, you know, you have to... What, what, what's, the, what's the phrase for the climate crisis? Uh, think globally, but act locally. Right. And I think that applies to the uh, pandemic as well. But uh, if you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska Show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, you're only hearing the first hour. There's an additional 20 minutes of show that you're missing out on. Don't miss out. It's FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And that all happens after the end credits roll at the end of the Tuesday and Thursday shows. Happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show or simply bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. The Shadow Docket drops every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows, and it's only going to cost you $5 per month, and you'll be supporting this fully independent podcast. So walk, don't run right now. Sign up for $5 a month at bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. Bob Seska plays more music. Oh yeah, we're blowing out your speakers today. This is uh, Jason Roach, known as J-Row and the Master of One. Brand new EP out right now called Good Grief. And this is uh, the lead cut off of Good Grief. It's called Someone to Be. JasonRoach1.bandcamp.com. Link in the description under this episode of BobSuska.com. Sports Jason, J-Row and the Master of One. Okay, getting back into got things. Got a little here. bit of a Lane Staley thing going there. Oh God, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It sounds great, and like I said, I mean that in a good way. Both yeah. tracks today. Sorry for the blown out earbuds uh, after our musical selections today. Okay, meantime, Trump's secret meetings. Oh wait, I forgot our our little jingle here. Now more crap. Yes, Trump's secret <laughs> meetings <laughs> before the. 
Trump held secret meetings before the insurrection. The former White House press secretary, Stephanie Grisham, told the House Select Committee investigating the Capitol attack that Donald Trump hosted secret meetings in the White House. He made a pillow fort with the couch cushions. Uh, this was uh, <laughs> my pillows. <laughs> they all huddled in there and they had hamburgers and uh, two scoops of chocolate ice cream. Uh, and that was in the residence in the days before the January 6th insurrection, according to two sources familiar with the matter. The former senior Trump aide also told House investigators that the details of whether Trump actually intended to march to the Capitol after his speech at the Ellipse uh, would be memorialized in documents provided to the U.S. Secret Service, sources said. So they've got documentation. Someone <laughs> created documents about his secret pillow fort meetings in the residence. How about that shit? The secret meetings were apparently known by only a small number of aides, the sources said. Grisham recounted that they were mostly scheduled by Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows. How about that? Mark, Mark Meadows in the, in the fucking thick of it here. And that former chief usher, Timothy Harleth, would wave participants upstairs, the sources said. It's like they had their own little He-Man Woman Haters Club. It's like they had their own little mm-hmm. little rascals fort in the back. Let's overthrow the government club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where Petey and Stymie and Alpha Alpha would all show up. And, <laughs> yeah. And they would talk about overthrowing no the election. No Democrats allowed. <laughs> you know. I'm pumping it into my, my veins intravenously. Oh, faster, faster, faster. Well, meantime, uh, Politico's Nicholas Wu reports that the 1-6 committee chair, Benny Thompson, has told a small group of reporters they'll soon be asking Ivanka Trump to come Woo-hoo! before the committee. Buenos dias. <laughs> yes. I got to give him that one, too. This is great. And we have this theory that Ivanka might be trying to throw her dad under a bus. I think I mean, so. Yeah, yeah. Because I, Ivanka has a lot of years ahead of her, and I think she liked being in politics. I think she I liked that experience, mm. and I think she wants a little bit of it herself. And the only way she can do that is to distance herself from her dad. Yep. Try to redeem the Trump name somehow. Or do maybe you think she's looking into divorce Jared as well? Oh, I don't know. I would imagine that she would want to take Jared's last name to get rid of the Trump name. Oh, that would be a little too obvious, don't you think? She well, would I mean, suddenly become Ivanka Kushner. She could do that, but I think I don't think she wants him hanging around her neck either because I think he's going to be seeing something. Oh, well, that's true also. I mean, I yeah, don't know. I bet he might go in the wood chipper before the big shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is going to be interesting to watch. Certainly, it's going to be fun to watch. Fun! There's the sarcastic fun. Fun, but uh, yeah, I still believe that uh, maybe Ivanka could be slipping some things to the one six committee. Yeah. And uh, I, I know she's stonewalling Letitia James, there's that, but with the one six committee, it's a little different. Um, I don't think she wants I'm just to go not to sure prison. Ivanka is very smart, yeah. I just don't think that I mean, I don't think she's a chess player. All oh, no, no, checkers no, players, no, you know, no. like. But, but she has but enough money to she's hire She's conniving. Someone. Yeah. She's yeah. conniving. Mm. Um, and she knows how to work her father. Well, also, I think she's surrounded by people who know a thing or two about yeah, intrigue like a this. Thing or two, I mean, yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of speculation that many of the leaks that came out of the White House came from Ivanka. It to would be of the press super court. sweet. Yeah. If Melania was the one that was like feeding info on Ivanka <laughs> to the, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I don't know. I don't know about it's that. So one. Shakespearean, the whole thing. I get the sense that a vo- that uh, Melania is backing her husband. I don't know why. Oh, she's probably that would be. the most evil one of all. Yeah, yeah she's awful. She always has that look on her face, like she like someone just got mud on her skirt, like a little child, and she's gonna burn yeah. the entire village down because of it. You know? Yeah, like, it's the it's the old joke. Ugh. She's always going after moose and squirrel. That's yeah. She's that moose and squirrel. That, that character. <laughs> and finally, the one six committee has subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Woo! Ellis, Sidney Powell, and Boris Epstein. Yeah. Boris Epstein is the uh, guy. Isn't that the guy? Boris, from, that, isn't he the from guy Sinclair from uh, Broadcasting. Sinclair Broadcasting? Yes. Exactly right. He's the goober. That has the mouth full of mashed potatoes all the time on Boris Epstein. <laughs> you know? That's exactly you put. Yeah, you nailed it. He's got a mouthful of mashed potatoes, Boris Epstein. I and, never could figure out, like, what is this guy's calling into broadcasting? Because he is like, he's got, again, a face for radio and a. And a voice for mime. Yeah, like Lara Ingram. She's got yeah. a voice for mime. Oh, sure. Oh, and did you see, by the way, no one can ever accuse us of being too brazen about people who test positive for COVID. Oh, Laura, she's awful. Laura Ingram had a big old cackling uh-huh. fest, big old laugh fest over uh, General Milley uh, testing yeah. positive for COVID. I mean, if you hadn't noticed, everyone's testing positive for COVID except the three of us. Right, so, we're it. Yeah, we're the last remaining humans on Earth who don't have COVID. And so now we have to breed. <laughs> now we must Come breed. On. David, it's Let's on you. Let's go, Ninjas. Let's... <laughs> I think it's a little late. <laughs> it's a little late for me, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In spite of, oh God, in spite of Ben's best efforts, I am not going to but boy, that would be weird. You, David. You, David. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that more. He on is the... a mother. Oh my God, that would be <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk more about uh, Three Way Thursday, so to speak, uh, on the Shadow Docket podcast. That's coming up next on our Patreon page. The last third of the show. You want to catch Act Three of the show? You don't want to miss that. BobSeskaShow.com, $5 a month to get the Shadow Dockets every Tuesday and Thursday. It's an additional 20 minutes of show right there waiting for you on our Patreon page. The sign Act of a- 3, it's where the gun from Act 1 goes off. You've got to listen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, by the way, if you want to sign up at $10 a month, you not only get the Shadow Docket shows, but you also get the After Party Podcast. That's our Friday Patreon-only show with me and Kimberly Johnson over on the Patreon page. Doing another one tomorrow. So uh, make sure to sign up for $10 a month. And if you sign up at $15 a month, you get all of that stuff. You get the after party, you get the shadow docket shows. Plus, we take out all the commercials from the free show. It's amazing, isn't it? We call it the ultimate edition of the podcast. So go get it right now. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. See you on the shadow docket. Take it easy, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Come over for a party. You call Donald Duck. Okay. It's Donald. Come on over. Yup, you guessed it. I'm Goofy. Hi, Goofy.